Hey everyone, saddle up and get yourself ready for the Horse Business Advice Podcast, where I share tips and insights for horse business owners around the world on all kinds of things to do with running your business. I'm Melody, online horse business coach, mother, lover of horses, collector of far too many saddle pads, and unicorn obsessed. I'm absolutely passionate about helping equine-related businesses get the confidence to move forward and get organized enough to be able to still have a life and a business at the same time. Now, I don't want you out there struggling to find the help you need, wondering what the hell to do next. I'm here to tell you that you do not have to go on this journey of horse business alone. So come along and join my free Facebook group, Equine Entrepreneurs Horse Business Advice, and be part of a really supportive and thriving community of horse business owners from around the world. Welcome, welcome. It's Melody here. And in today's episode of the Horse Business Advice podcast, I'm going to talk to you about branding your horse business. Now, branding is such a broad term. And instantly, most people think of their logo and perhaps the colors that they use. And those two are very important parts of your brand. But an overall brand for your business is not just a logo, not just a couple of colors, not even just a font. It's the whole look and feel, the tone that you set with your marketing and client communications, the kind of images you choose, and really everything that is involved in your business and how you present your business to the world. So when we're talking about branding, we're talking about the outward facing parts of your business that other people see. So even down to the packaging that you choose, if you are sending products to people or um, perhaps the tone or the terminology that you use in messages to confirm things with clients, all of that sort of thing, that is all part of your brand. So it's why do we need branding? Well, branding is an essential part of recognition of your business. And when we get familiar with a brand, we start to get comfortable with it. We start to know it, we like it, and we trust it. And of course, you've heard me say before that people buy from somebody or a business that they know, like, and trust. So what are the main elements of a brand? Well, number one, let's talk about logos. And just for a bit of background, my background before getting into the horse business scene is actually in branding. I worked as a graphic designer and a brand manager, and I've managed a couple of large multinational businesses completely rebranding. So I handled the whole process of changing their brand from one to the other. So I've done a bit of work in the branding space and it's quite complex as to what goes into it. And sometimes I personally think it gets a little bit ridiculous when you have to start having 10 uh, 10 page documents explaining what your logo means, then you've kind of missed the point because the clients aren't seeing that. So that's something just, you know, for us little businesses, for not the multinationals, but for anybody, if you have to explain what your logo represents or what it means or what it's about, 
then you've really missed the point. We should just be able to look at the logo and it makes sense. And again, remember, people aren't buying the logo. So whilst a logo is an important part of your business, it's not everything. It's really not everything. So that's really important. Don't get wrapped up and hold your business back. I can't launch my business because I haven't come up with the perfect logo. I see that so often. So let's talk about logos. When you start thinking about your logo, there's a couple of things that I would highly recommend. And one of them is please use a professional designer to create your logo. Now, I know it's really easy to jump into Canva or to get into Photoshop and create your own, but there are a whole lot of intricacies about the format of the file, how scalable it is. When you go to do a banner and need your logo blown up to a meter wide, once you've taken over the world and you're sponsoring some big multinational show, then you really need to have a scalable logo. And Graphic designers are qualified and educated to create files that can be scaled. And sometimes those platforms like Canva, they're not as scalable. The other thing that you don't want to do is use stock images or illustrations because it means that anyone else can also use it. And of course, as Canva recently announced, you can't actually trademark images that you have taken from Canva and turned into a logo. And ideally, you want to be trademarking your logo to protect it so that nobody else can use it. Now, there's a particular horse image, which I think is quite, it's a lovely drawn illustration of a horse head and neck. And I'm pretty sure I've seen it on about 15 different businesses over the years. It's obviously one of the images that comes up in search when people are searching and they're putting their own logos together. And the problem with this is the recognition then gets a bit blurry. You recognize the the logo, but is that the business that I'm dealing with? I can't remember. And that's okay if one of them is a... Uh, saddlery store in New South Wales and another is a massage therapist in Western Australia but if there's two massage therapists in Western Australia in the same area using the same logo then one of you is in trouble or probably both of you because it's going to get really confusing. So by using a professional and I'm talking um, you know a qualified graphic designer in theory they should be creating you something unique. Now, they may still use stock imagery, but adjust it so that it is unique to you. And that's important. So make sure that you put the money up front and actually spend a bit of money on creating your logo. It can feel like it's an unnecessary expense at first, but it's something that you are going to be looking at every single day. So is your audience And it's kind of important that you get it right from the start. I can't tell you how many people I've come across that have got a logo that they just slapped it together in Word. And now that they're a proper business a year later, now they want a real logo. And they're kind of stuck because what they created doesn't really suit what they need. It's not the right shape or it's not the best quality or for any other varying reasons. But people already recognize it, so they're kind of stuck with it. And that's probably not the best way to do it. So start as you intend to proceed. That's always something that I like to remind people when we are starting out in business. 
create the system, set things up so that you don't have to in a year's time say, all right, now I'm a proper business, now I'm going to do this. It's better off to start right from the beginning, do it properly. So what should we put in a logo? You know, that is something that's terribly personal. And I would say almost every graphic designer, including myself, um, it would be saying something different. We're all going to disagree on what the perfect logo looks like. But a few things to consider is one, will it scale? So is it going to look great big and tiny? That's one thing that you need to answer the question. Second question is, is it going to suit being embroidered? Because nine times out of 10, somebody's you're going to embroider it onto a shirt or put it onto caps or something. So does it suit being embroidered? It's always something that's really important and people get stuck with really intricate logos that it's just too hard to stitch them out. So because typically we tend to embroider stuff, ultimately when we feel professional, we're like, or we're going to a trade stand or we're doing something, we want to have a logo on our shirt, then you need to make sure that your logo design is something that can be transferred to be able to be embroidered. The other thing is, is does it fit places? So if it's an awkward shape, so one example I can give you is perhaps uh, a circle. So perhaps you've got a circle with a horse's head inside it. And then maybe you've got some words underneath the circle that go a lot wider than the circle. So let's say the circle's three centimetres across and your words are eight centimetres across. You've got a very weird shape there, if you can picture that. And that is going to take up a heck of a lot of space and give a lot of white space to the left and right of the circle because you've had to make it a certain width to fit the text in. And before you think of splitting your text away from your logo, let me give you a little tip. Um, in a past life, I have taught branding and design. And I used to, as part of my presentation, I used to have a sheet which had 20 um, Australia-wide known brands, things like Coles, Woolworths, Shell, uh, some of the bigger banks, Bankwest, um, Commonwealth Bank, so some of those. Now, I put all of their logos on a sheet of paper, but I took all the words away. And then I asked all the people at the course to write down what those businesses were. And not one single person, every time I ran this workshop, not one single person got every single one. The average was about 14 out of 20 so what I'm saying is if places like the Commonwealth Bank and Woolworths and some of those really big brands in Australia, if they can't separate their logo and their words and still have people recognize who they are, then you certainly can't. So don't do it. So instead, create and design your logo so that it is going to fit and it doesn't need to be separated. It's going to fit in all the spaces. Are you going to print them onto pens? Are you going to put it on a website? Think of all the different things that you might end up putting it on and make sure that the shape and scale and size is such that it will work, that you don't have any fonts or lines that are super fine, that when you scale it down, they will just disappear and all of those sorts of things. 
It's always a good idea once you have your logo done to trademark it. Again, that is so that you protect your logo so that others cannot use your exact logo. So that's probably another really important tip. So once you've created a logo, then you need to choose a set of branding colors, a set of fonts, and kind of stick to them like glue. So what I suggest is, say you've got two colors in your logo, then those two colors and perhaps add one or two other complementary colors. And those are the colors that you use for absolutely everything. So if you are going to use pink and purple, then everything you do needs to be pink and purple. If you suddenly produce something that's orange, people aren't going to recognize it. And for those of you who follow me, you're instantly going to go, oh, right, because everything I do is purple. And that was quite by accident right at the beginning, but now it's intentional. Uh, if you see something purple, in fact, people tag me in purple things, purple bathrooms, purple, purple anything. People tag me in those things on Facebook just because they recognize purple and think of me straight away. So that's part of my branding. My branding is purple. So if you set it, choose a set of colors and a set of fonts, and normally I would stick with two to three fonts. Me personally, I have two, but three if you must. And stick to those fonts again, like glue. So again, think about all the different situations you're going to be using those fonts. Where suits, what does it suit? Where does it fit? What kind of impression does it give? You know, do you want to use a wedding script if you are, um, you know, if you're, if you're approaching the you know, late teenage matchy market. You don't want to use a wedding script. That's not going to identify. But perhaps a wedding script might be perfect for somebody that does weddings, uh, carriage weddings. Um, you know, that might be something that people would recognize you for. So choose something that's appropriate to your brand, your overall look and feel, and how you want to present your business to the world. Now, then we can talk about just branding the business. And you can start to think about the tone that you use. What kind of language are you going to use? What kind of, how are you going to speak? Are you going to be very formal? Are you going to be very business-like, very professional? Are you going to be a bit casual? Are you going to use a bit of humor? Um, are you going to use, I mean, I use a bit of humor, a bit of sarcasm and certainly plenty of real talk. Uh, I don't aim for corporate language, but you know, it depends on your target market and it depends on the brand that you've chosen for your business. That's what I've chosen for my business and that's what I'm sticking to. So think about those sorts of things and you know, what I suggest businesses do is come up with a couple of pages of brand guidelines for yourself. Now, back in the day of when I worked in the branding scene, we would create entire booklets and those booklets would be, you know, divvied out to all the marketing departments and all the, the businesses that we'd outsource marketing to and they would have to follow it and things would have to get signed off. But for your own use, if you have a couple of pages that says, here's my colours, Here's the logo. Here's how we handle the logo on a dark background. Here's how we handle the logo on a light background. Here's the fonts that we use. Here's the colors. Here's the kind of language that we use. Here's the kind of tone that we use. 
then if you have someone else create something for you, you can hand them that branding sheet or that branding PDF document, whatever it is, and they already have a bit of a feel for what it is that they need to produce for your business. Now, here's another thing to think about. Uh, this often pops up. Pop, people sometimes say to me, oh, but green represents this and blue represents that and green makes people feel calm and all of that sort of stuff. And look, I've done enough training in my life to know that some colors do go better with others. But at the same time, I want to remind you, your clients, your audience, they do not read all of these books about how certain colors are supposed to make them feel so don't get too wrapped up in it. The person that is going to be looking at your branding the most is you. So choose something that you don't hate. Now, I know if you're going to target a really male dominated market, then maybe pink and purple isn't the go. But you know, at the end of the day, if you're going to step into your own uniqueness and you love pink and purple and that's what you want to go with, then people will either choose to work with you or buy from you or they won't they're not going to do it because your logo is pink and purple or because it's not pink and purple they're not going to choose you based on that honestly so whilst I said right at the beginning logo is critically important for your business it's also not something that you need to really wrap your mind around too deeply and stress about constantly don't overthink it just make your decisions and keep going forwards Remember, if you need to explain it, and that's the other thing, if, if it's your grandmother's Celtic symbol and then the combination of your three horses' names, uh, and you have to explain that to make sense because otherwise it looks really weird, then you've kind of, again, you've missed the point. So remember that rule as well. Clients don't read all of that stuff. They don't, they're not aware of it. There's some subconscious stuff that goes on, you know, red means stop, green means go. Those sorts of things will stick. There's often neutral, natural colors do give that natural feeling. So, but you know, again, have a look around at other brands and see what you like and see what works and see what others are doing so that you can make those decisions for yourself. Now, a lot of you might be listening to this and groaning going, it's too late. I've already got my logo that I designed in Word myself and it is my ancestor's symbol from the Indian era and it is also a picture of my hand touching my horse's face and then it's this and that and, and it's also, and it's orange and I don't like orange. What I'm here to tell you is rebranding is not a good idea. It's only going to hurt your brand. Right now, people recognize your, your brand. They don't judge it necessarily. Uh, it's not often that people will look at a business and go, great business, but geez, that's a shit logo. Um, except if you're a graphic design snob, and I'm just going to have to call myself out here and say, I do say stuff, stuff like that from time to time. I'm really sorry if I've ever said it about you, but I am a bit of a design snob and I do notice things. What I notice, actually, it's really funny, is um, when people use, you can tell that they've used a designer that knows nothing about horses and the legs are bent in the wrong way or there's an extra joint in there or the neck is twice the length of the back or something like that. I'm like, that is anatomically not possible. And I do struggle with stuff like that. I kind of look at it and go, as a horse person, 
surely you saw that and you could say to your designer, no, that's not right. But anyway, your average person, which I'm clearly not, is not going to look at your logo and judge you and not buy from you because it's not perfect or it's not one of the things that I said before about choosing a good logo. So if you're at that point where you've got a logo, you've listened to this podcast and you've gone, dang, some of those things are exactly what I've done and it's not good. So I should wipe it all clean and start again. No, don't start again. What you want to do is just be as consistent as you can. Now you could tweak a logo so that is something that I could suggest if you are not happy with your logo you could tweak it and that might mean you might just slightly adjust it but still make it as recognizable as possible so we don't want to throw it away and start again completely Uh, freshening up your brand is not something that's not a thing and I've seen people talk about that in in uh, Facebook groups business groups we don't want to freshen up our brand. We want to stick with the consistency that we've got. There are times and industries where freshening a brand might be appropriate. It's not in the horse business scene. It's just not. So if you're thinking, oh, you know, I don't, or, you know, and a lot of you are out there saying, I don't love my logo. It's okay. It's okay to not love your logo. Just stick with it. Create your own set of branding choose the colors, choose the style of images that you use. So, you know, I one of the things that I like to use is I like to use random inanimate objects that are purple. So I might go into Canva, uh, which is one of my favorite tools, and I'll go and I'll t- type in purple stapler or uh, purple glasses or, you know, purple pen. So I just look for random inanimate objects and those tend to not have anything to do with the text that I've written, but that's my thing. That's part of my brand and that's what I've chosen. So you can enhance your brand and make the best of a logo that perhaps now in hindsight you don't love by just tweaking that logo so that it maybe looks slightly more professional or If you've used a stock image, you can have a designer edit that image so that it is unique to you. Perhaps, um, you know, add something to it, take something away, change the shape of something, and then it's going to be unique to you. But don't throw it all away and start again and say, oh, I didn't like my my red logo, so now I'm going to go blue and green and I'm going to change the font and and I might as well change my business name while I'm at it. Well, you might as well throw your business away then because... That's all of your branding and it's an expensive process to change a brand. There are so many places your logo is. You might have to reprint cards. You might have to redo a whole pile of work on your website. There is a lot of places that your logo might be that might just cost you time and money. That is that really necessary? Are you doing it for a business reason or are you just doing it for your own personal, you know, um, what's the right word? Are you doing it for your own personal gain? That's the thing. Do you really need to do it? If there is some reason that you think your brand is hurting your business, then uh, actually, to be honest, before you do anything and rebrand, then jump onto my website and book a free call with me. So I do 15-minute free calls. You can chat to me about anything, ask me any questions that you like, but 
Uh, I would love to say if you are thinking that your logo or your brand is not working for your business, then jump on a call with me and I will chat you through some of the basics to get you going and help you put it in perspective because sometimes just getting someone else's outside perspective might be enough for you and it might save you a ton of money um, instead of going and getting a new design and getting everything reprinted and packaging redone and all of that sort of stuff. So more than happy to chat to anybody if you want to. So there's lots of things we've talked about, the developing a logo, choosing your colors, not using stock images, trademark your logo, don't create something that you need to explain and create a set of colors, fonts, style, tone, look and feel and have that in a sheet so if you're ever going to be outsourcing to other people to help you. So all of those things are going to help you brand your horse business. So I hope that has been helpful for you. Like I said, if you want to have a chat about your brand with me, then please go ahead and book a free 15 minute call with me. We will put the link to that in the show notes for this podcast. You can also find it on my website. Uh, Otherwise, have a happy day and I will catch you on my next podcast.